Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to those of you that are rating and reviewing the podcast. Thank you so much for sending those in. If you haven't done already, you can do that over on iTunes and it really does mean a lot to me. So just head over to Raising Your Game in iTunes and if you're able to just drop a rating or a view, it really does help the growth of this podcast and I really appreciate all the support that I'm getting. You can also sign up for interest in the up and coming Sport Yogi app. So this is an app that's going to be built to allow you that in sport and exercise to look after both your body and your mind. I'm looking to help those improve the strength of their mind and also the readiness of their body. So my slogan is mind strong, body ready. And this app is going to be designed to allow you to access classes that you can work on flexibility, strength, balance, mobility, all things that are going to allow you to improve your overall performance and well-being physically, but also mental strengthening and mental training. So working on areas like mindfulness and breathing and breathwork sessions that are going to allow you to not only improve your fit, your actual performance, but also look after your well-being as well and really allow you to access an understanding of your mind and how you can allow yourself to train yourself to use it to your advantage and these are all tools that I use both personally and I also teach them as well so be sure to head over to thesportyogi.com and straight away when you land on the page you can just register your interest to receive emails so that you are one of the first people to be able to use and find out updates of the app and become a part of the team become a part of the movement so yeah head over to thesportyogi.com and sign up and register your interest now Hey and welcome to the Raising Your Game podcast with me, Lewis Hatchett. I believe there's so much to learn from the world of sport, whether it's transferring into your own sporting and exercise goals or simply into your everyday life. I'll be speaking to those in the world of sport as well as drawing upon my own experiences to give you the stories, ideas and tips that you could potentially add into your world and will help you at Raising Your Game. This episode of the podcast doesn't have a guest. I'm going to be talking about a subject around stress, something that's quite apt at the moment in the world that we're living in, living in the middle of this pandemic, but also how you can build resilience and understanding the stress that's good for you, understanding how that stress can be helping you build better mental strength and resilience, and then also going into an area of composure, so how you uh, are in amidst how you essentially are reacting and dealing with the environment in which you're in and how you can adapt to a stressful situation and I give some examples of some training that I've done coached and also I guess have experienced myself in losing my composure and gaining regaining my composure and how you can really use it to your advantage to to improve your performance so this podcast is going to be based around that Uh, Like I said, there's no guest. This has been um, quite fondly received by a lot of the listeners. And if there's a topic that you would like me to be speaking about, feel free to reach out to me by going to my email, which is lewis at lewishatchet. Just put in the subject heading podcast topic. I can note that and then come back to an episode when I don't have a guest and I can start talking about it and giving my advice, my experience, my expertise on that area. 
But anyway, let's get into this episode and enjoy. So as I mentioned, the world that we're living in right now is pretty stressful with the pandemic sort of mid at its, I guess, at its peak or coming out of its peak globally. I don't really know where we are with it. Um, it's really worthwhile understanding the elements of stress that we're living in. And stress is a big topic at the moment. And obviously, we're in, an, in a world full of stress. But when we start to go into the world of sport and just our everyday lives as well, there are elements of stress that can be good for us. So understanding the difference between eustress and de-stress. And we're going to start to work into understanding a little bit more about the difference between them and how you can um, use them to your advantage and also how you can start to have tools and understand when perhaps you personally might have trigger points or or um, signs and telltale signs that are going to allow you to understand where your stress level is at at any particular time and then something that you can use and maybe a, a strategy in which you can use to bring your stress level down or maybe even stay with the stress that you're in um, knowing that it's allowing you to grow and develop. So we have these two sets of stresses, eustress and distress. Now eustress is a stress that is allowing us to grow and develop and this could be translated into if you're going into the gym you're putting your body under physical exertion so you're going and lifting weights and you're fundamentally stressing the body. So you really are putting a stress on the body, but it's actually a stress that, yes, you break slightly in the sense that you're tearing muscle fibers, and then that stress that you add onto the body allows the body to repair later on and build you bigger and stronger. The same goes for our mind. If we have a challenge or a new hobby or something, I, I give the example of me learning the guitar. It's a challenging thing. I'm learning new um, skills, and sometimes I don't get it right. But actually, it's challenging me in a way that's you could say is stressful. But after time, I start to learn this new skill. I learn this new hobby. And then it develops into a brand new skill. And I've become better than where I was before. So it was enough of a stress to have an impact to make me change and grow. But also, it wasn't too much that I was smashing the guitar up. And it was completely throwing me um, into a downward spiral. And it was not enough of a stress that would have a negative impact on me. And really it does look at how you view that stress as well. So having this you stress allows us to grow, allows us to develop. And like I said, if you're going into the gym, you're, you're pushing your body to a point where you're growing and you're developing, but it can also very quickly turn into a distress. So if you, again, if you keep with the analogy of being in the gym, then you're pushing your body. If you were to do a workout, an intense workout for four weeks straight and every day you're pushing your body to beyond its limit there's going to be a tipping point both physically and mentally where you either burn out or you break there's an injury and that's where you've transferred into distress so you haven't allowed yourself to recover you haven't been able to bring your cortisol levels down and really have this understanding of where your stress levels are at so on both accounts it's really about understanding where that line is and I'm a big advocate for pushing your boundary to understand where that line is for you and it's going to be different for everyone but also along the way having tools in which you manage yourself so if again if we look at a physical sense if you're pushing your body to an element of uh, eustress and finding that line between where it becomes distress 
and you're you're having a negative impact on you you're then implementing recovery tools so it could be stretching could be ice baths it could be breathing it could be anything that is allowing uh, a nutrition it could be all of these different tools that are allowing you to recover bring your stress level back down you're managing yourself so that you can continue to add and and try out um, new stresses so you can continuously stress your body but not to a point where you break and at the same time it's from a, a mindset and a mental point of view you're looking at things where you are implementing tools to allow you to bring your stress level down and you're managing your stress level so if we look at breath work mindfulness meditation it allows you to just slow the mind down become aware of your thoughts and fundamentally this is a huge tool for understanding where your stress levels lie and understanding the things that impact you both positively and negatively so i look at some of the stuff that i do if i'm feeling stressed then i know to first off look at my exercise am i pushing myself too hard or am i maybe not doing enough because that lack of exercise for me has a huge impact on my mental health at the same time if i'm pushing it too hard do i then implement some more slow stretch based um, sessions where i really slow everything down and do more breath work that is more restorative that then allows me to have this overarching control of my stress levels i always describe to people about the overarching stress that we have in our lives we have this full umbrella of stress whether that's both physical psychological and emotional stress and the tools that I work with and teach and uh, advocate for a lot of people allow you to, your stress level is going up. So every time you do a workout, stress level goes up. If you were to not have a, a recovery tool where you were to knock that stress level, that cortisol level down, it kind of fades a little bit because naturally we go to sleep and we rest and we eat. But then the next day your stress level starts just that little bit higher and then you stress it again and it goes up. And you keep going up and up and up until there is a breaking point, there is a tipping point. And like I said, it becomes that distress. And it could either be a physical injury or it could be a psychological injury in the sense that it's had a, a hugely negative impact on you. And then bang, we, we fall off this cliff edge. But if you are able to stress the body a little bit or stress the mind a little bit and then recover, find tools in which you can recover and drop that stress level, the next day you've dropped that stress level down so that you can again stress it again. You can bring it down to go back up again, down to go back up and you have this nice even kill of stress rather than this huge spikes and troughs of where you feel really, really up and you're, you're pushing yourself really hard and then you plummet all the way back down eventually when you hit this tipping point. And that tipping point is different for everyone. It can be very soon, it can be very late, but everyone will eventually hit a tipping point and it's about understanding where yours is and the tools that you can use in order to find it. And this stuff really builds resilience within us. It's, we're now talking about pushing ourselves, understanding where those boundaries are, having failures i think it's important to understand that you will have failures along the way and those failures are so important they're brilliant moments for allowing you to understand where your boundaries lie and then understanding where you're building your resilience from so if you are unwilling to stress yourself if you're not willing to put yourself into this element of of you stress then you're really not going to to have uh, any way of growing 
So again, look at it at the point of if you don't go to the gym and you don't lift weights or you don't go out for a run or whatever it is that that physical stress is on your body. If you're not willing to do it, then you're not going to grow. So it's the same with both the mind and building mental strength is if you're not willing to challenge it, again, I look at my guitar. If I wasn't even willing to pick the guitar up, then I'm not going to grow in that area. So if you're looking to build resilience, resilience and mental strength requires you actually failing at something. It requires you actually having that stress impacting you in a negative way. And then really understanding that that was a repetition of resilience. So the fact that you there, you experienced it, that is a repetition. That is a bicep curl of resilience, if you want to put it that way. And building up those moments, those experiences over time allows you to build in this resilience that you get within both your body and your mind. And I read an article, Mark Manson, the the author, he put out um, an article around resilience and he had a quote in it that was brilliant. And it it was about resilience not being seen as someone who is always good, always on the up and always having a great time. It's actually resilience is about having bad days but just becoming better at them. And it's so true. You look at times when you failed and you're having a tough day, there is no doubt that you're going to have a tough day, but you're just becoming better at having those tough days because you have tools and ways of managing it and understanding your mind, being aware of the stresses that are around you and how you build that resilience over time uh, is 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 not going to get away the, the bad days, not going to remove the bad days. It's just going to allow you to be much better at them and finding ways to adapt, change, and try and do your job in a, in a, a, a tough, stressful situation. So if we're playing sport and we find ourselves in a an environment where it's challenging and we're coming up at something that is uh, having a negative impact on us or, or we're struggling, you still got to do your job. You still got to find a way to do your job. So being more resilient allows you to have more tools in your armory. It allows you to look back at the experiences you've had. Hopefully you've learned from those experiences and you have tools in which you can manage it so that you can adapt to that situation that you're in. And a lot of that does come down to your confidence from those experiences. So learning that each time that you have these these experiences where you are challenging yourself learn learn that because you got through it because you came out the other side that has given you the confidence to be able to do it again and it might be different the next time but you are going to be more resilient you are going to you're going to trust in the training that you've done looking at i would when i work with athletes i look at sort of the quality of their training is the training stressing them enough so that when they do go into a stressful environment that it's a very familiar place and it is adaptable but if it's if it tips into a place where the stress becomes too much then it's an unfamiliar territory so understanding that you're training you can train this resilience by putting it into a training environment making sure that you really test yourself and how you test yourself and you're actually looking at your mental um your mental impact your mental response to this training rather than almost your physical response yes you can physically um you can physically control yourself through methods like breathing and 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 centering and anchoring and all all these methods that you can use however your mental response to understanding that this is a, a good stress and this is something that is going to push you forward is vital in that 
understanding that resilience aspect. So you can train it, you can build resilience through using your experiences and your training and gain confidence from it so that when you come into an environment where it's challenging, you've at least got the confidence to understand you can adapt. A simple technique that you can use in this instance of training your mind to deal with the resilience and probably gaining the awareness of where your stress levels lie and just understanding when there's probably physical reactions to stress is mindfulness. Mindfulness gives you the great ability to understand where your thoughts are at, what it is that you're thinking at that particular time and then what you have control over because we don't have any control over what is going on in the past or what is to happen in the future so understanding and using mindfulness and and using it as a tool to build that repetition of resilience i see it more as if i'm sitting and i i did a i did a meditation for athletes a mindfulness meditation for athletes which i put on youtube if you simply type in meditation for athletes the sport yogi you'll find it and it was a meditation that was built around allowing your mind to be distracted so allowing your mind to whether it's a thought that comes in and, and bringing awareness to that thought or maybe it's a sound outside but as soon as you found that distraction as soon as you found that thought and you found your mind wander away from the anchor point that we was we were focusing on which was your breath and the sensations of breathing then when you brought it back and you came back to that anchored centered point and that focus point you've done a repetition of resilience essentially you've built that strength within your mind to notice oh that's where my mind is at i need to come back to the focus point and doing that over and over again not being frustrated that you get distracted or you lose focus but just understanding that every time you come back is a building block of that resilience it's another repetition and every time you do it you start to teach yourself the ability to become distracted in thought but then refocus back into the present moment and again if we look at whether that's in a competitive situation it could be dealing with um, a coach a team member whatever understanding the physical response that you have so you feel the physical sensations building you start to notice that you become you're you're not focusing on what you want to do or how you want to behave and then you're able to bring your attention back and it's not perfect every time but the more you practice it the more we build this mental strength the more we practice this mental repetition the better we become at coming back to it so really using something like mindfulness allows you to have this awareness of where your mind is at in a stressful situation and again goes back to building that mental strength and resilience So my final note on this subject um, moves on to composure and everything around whether we are in a stressful situation is really how composed we are in that situation. And this year I was really fortunate enough to have worked with Graham Winter, who is uh, the ex, the former chief uh, psychologist for the Australian Olympic team. I did a podcast with Graham um, in the past, so go check out that podcast with some amazing content within that that conversation. But in some of the training sessions that I had worked with Graham on, we did some training around composure. And it was the first time I'd ever seen it 
fundamentally brought into a, a structural context within training but I think I resonated with it because I felt I'd done it before in the past whether consciously or subconsciously and the way our training worked was we were looking at not how players physically um, played the game we were working in a cricket scenario but we weren't we weren't looking at how they physically dealt with the technical or the the uh, tactical side of the game we were actually looking at how they looked and how they reacted to an ever-changing situation. So the drills were set up where they had a task. They were given a target of um, a score to achieve as a batsman. And the bowler's job was to try and stop them from getting that score. And we would set the target. We would set zones where the batters could hit. And then before they went into that scenario, we asked them, what does your composure look like? If you're composed, what do you look like? So show, tell us what you physically look like. What are we going to see? Are we going to see you breathing slowly? Are we going to see you, perhaps you're analyzing, you're looking around, you're being very aware of what's going on, or maybe you're just kind of more internal and you're you're slowing everything down and you're, you're feeling in control. Maybe it's your posture. What do you physically look like in your posture? And all of these elements, we would get them to tell us what they believed a composed version of them looked like. So that was our marker for how they were going to be composed. And then we set about the drill. But within the drill, we would change it very regularly. As us as coaches, we would change it very, very quickly. And we would they might have to get two runs on the last ball, but then suddenly we would we would yell out and say, No, you've got to get four. And they couldn't argue. They just had to adapt a situation. And in that training situation, the goal was to try and throw them a stress and see how composed they stayed. If they reacted poorly, they they went away from being composed, then we would debrief and work on it after. And we would say like, look, this we threw this stress to you and you changed how you reacted. You changed the way in which you, you stayed composed. And we started to then allow them to become aware of the physical sensation of what it was when, when that stress was thrown upon them, what they did. And then were they able to be aware of that stress? They couldn't change that stress that was happening to them. They couldn't change the out, what, what was being asked of them, the goal. But we asked them to look at it from a, an unemotional side and then try and refocus back into knowing what they do well. And they each had their own um, sort of anchor points and, and um, go-to plans that they would have as a player. And their job was to go back to that, regain their composure and teaching them, seeing this being done was incredible because it was the first time I'd um, seen players actually recognizing that they'd lost composure. I had players come up to me going, I really lost my composure in that instance, um, but I'm going to get it back in the next go. And, and the brilliant thing about training was that they were able to go and try it and do it again. And even when we put it into the context of a competition, realizing that it, you can lose your composure, but you can also bring it back very, very quickly. And it all starts from having the awareness that you've lost your composure, understanding that what it is that you're trying to achieve, what is it the what are the trigger points of when you start to lose your composure. I felt myself playing a match this year and I had lost my composure. And the awareness that I had happened within the space of about five minutes. So I'd, I'd realized that the game wasn't going my way. There were things that had changed and um, I couldn't really control them. And the way in which I lost my composure was I changed the language I was using around my my teammates. I became a bit more frantic. I became a little bit more, um, I'd say, aggressive. And that changed my 
my composure. I looked different. I could tell I looked different. I could feel different. But within five minutes, I'd been able to notice that I'd I'd lost that composure and then went back to, for me, my go-tos are taking a deep breath. It's the best way for me to come to the present moment. And then I would have the feeling of my feet in my shoes and then the feeling of the ball in my hand and look for some fine details. And it really grounded me to that that particular moment and it'll be different for every sport it'll be different for every person depending on what that go-to grounding feeling is but as soon as I was able to do that I was able to refocus and then re-engage um, with the task that was at hand I could went back to my game plan I was I felt far more in control and knowing from experience that when you don't have control everything can spiral out of control very very quickly so I at the end of this I would really advise Um, encourage players to look at the way in which they're training people whether that's uh, amateur to professional I would always encourage to look at are you actually measuring your mental response to your training is your training stressing you enough that it's challenging you to change your um, your composure or is it throwing you out of your composure and if it is then are you able to find your way, find your method of regaining your composure under stressful situations? Because ultimately the best performers are able to stay calm under pressure. They're able to make good decisions under pressure. And not only that, they can influence the people around them much better. And from that, performance goes up. It also, it, I think that's a good point to make that it does have an impact on those around you if you are frantic and you are losing your composure it can be almost contagious so understanding that not only are you doing it for your benefit but you're doing it for those around you as well and from an opposition point of view I know when someone has lost composure I can then actually take it to an advantage and and start to use it as a tactic to try and throw their composure off and realize that when they they've lost their composure it's a time to strike and realizing that they may not have an understanding of it and you can start to use it as a bit more of a secret weapon so look at your training look at how you are work are you stressing yourself enough that you're able to challenge yourself and you can debrief and again if you fail at a at a training task or Um, something that you set out to do and you fail at it that's okay because you can learn from it and also it's an experience and but if you're not willing to put yourself into that experience and almost try and teach yourself to lose composure then you're never going to know what losing your composure feels like and then regaining it again so yeah look back at your training look at how you can potentially throw some elements of of stress in there some elements of uncertainty ways in which you can adapt uh, and that will help you build that resilience that will help you build that strength to an awareness being the most crucial part to start it all off to come back refocus and start again if there was ever a bit of advice that i would give it would be to start to learn about your breathing so again this is something that i use but it's something that if you look at the best performers when they are uh, taking a, a it could be a free kick in football or soccer as some people will say a free kick and most players like Ronaldo Cristiano Ronaldo who's one of the best in the world he takes a big deep breath before he takes his shot he's really composing himself again fly halves in rugby that are kicking a kicking a goal they'll take a big deep breath they'll refocus recenter themselves regain that composure before they perform their their task and just doing all those things allows your um, chances of success to go up so 
breathing would be the most number one go-to for, for me and you can always reach out to me if you want to learn more about your breathing how you can use performance breath work to improve your both your physical but also your psychological performance within your sport so that's all i have for this week's episode i hope some of this has given you a bit of an insight into understanding how you stress uh, you use stress and de-stress and how different stresses can be good for the body and um, if you'd like me to go into a little bit more detail then again reach out to me lewis at lewishatchet.com and i can look at doing some more of these episodes um but other than that i hope there's been something that you can take away from this uh, i really enjoy being able to write write notes on these sort of topics that i that i find but if again if there's something that you want me to talk about then please reach out to me uh, anyway i'll see you guys again soon thanks again for listening to the podcast you can help support the podcast in a variety of ways but one of the best ways for helping this podcast out is leaving a rating and a review on itunes so if you're able to do so please head over there and just drop a little rating and review it really does mean a lot to me and thank you to all of you who have already done that and showing your support you can also get a hold of me on social media at lewis hatchet or at the sport yogi on instagram i'm also on facebook youtube and even if you want to find me on somewhere like linkedin then you can find me there too also, if you want to be one of the first people to get your hands on the Sport Yogi app that is coming soon, don't forget to register your interest at thesportyogi.com. The link is in the show notes. Anyway, thanks again for your support of the podcast and I'll see you soon.